This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane, the podcast where we talk Ohio State basketball and unfortunately Ohio State football, as a lot of you out there are upset. Joey and I are going to get into that right now, and then we have a great interview previewing the NFL season with the Athletics. Alec Lewis may also be a good friend of mine. He covers the Vikings, talk a little, you know, NFC North, Justin Fields. But before we get to that, we mentioned it, the Ohio State Buckeyes played football this weekend joey when's the last time you felt this queasy and uneasy about a 20 to 3 big 10 win first of all let me preface by saying i this is a theme along drive the lane how fortunate are we as buckeye fans to win a game by three touchdowns and complain on twitter all day long that's number one um but I wanted to complain a lot, but that's not not my place. That's never been my place. I, 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 the first the first week game with a brand new quarterback. It is what it is. Uh, here's here here's the deal to me is the only negative. I don't think Kyle McCord is a negative. I we briefly talked about it with Alec because he asked us a question about it. But like, name me another first time. Ohio first start real start Kyle McCord start against Akron at home like that doesn't really count but a first real game on the road in the Big Ten where an, an Ohio State quarterback under Ryan Day you know CJ Stroud Dwayne Haskins Justin Fields etc started better than Kyle McCord did none of them did their stats on Twitter all all over Twitter to back it up did he show some promise? Absolutely. Did he show some things to be a little nervous queasy about? Absolutely. But the only negative is how in the world do Marvin Harrison and Emeka Obuka combine for a below average wide receiver stat line? You know, whatever it was, five catches total for, you know, 37 yards or whatever it was, right? Marvin Harrison did have a touchdown called back and, you know, but yeah, that that's neither here nor there. It, they got to get those guys involved. Ryan Day knows it. He's not dumb. <laughs> to me, what stands out is, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, Andrew, but it, the fact that Devin Brown played three snaps or whatever it was like it's Kyle McCord's team. He may not have won the job going away, but he won the job. That's who the staff has more faith in. That's who gives them a better chance to win. Uh, and they need to unleash him a little bit more. And I think they will in these next two games, give him more opportunities to throw the ball downfield. Cause when they did push it downfield, there was a lot of success, you know, throws the Kate Stover throws the Julian Fleming, you know, Screen passes, swing passes, push the ball down the field, get the ball in the hands of the playmakers and let them rock. Um, I know they will. There's a ton of positives, right? Like loss and all this hoopla is, oh, the defense ranks as the fourth best defense in the country as it stands right now. I think if you fast forward to December, January, and we have the fourth best defense in the country, we're probably playing in the college football playoff. Um, I think that our running back room is incredible. Travion Henderson Maybe doesn't look like the Travion Henderson from his freshman year, but he still has bits and pieces of that elite running back ness. Then you have Trip Teranium, who was the best running back, who we weren't even talking about. Oh yeah, and the guy that we're not mentioning at all, Mine Williams, had two touchdowns. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to be queasy and nervous about, like you said. But listen, Ohio State football. It, it, this is this is what we signed up for. Right, we have to complain about something. It can never be perfect. The goal is Big Ten beating Michigan, Big Ten championships, 
national championships. The game that we played on Saturday doesn't give you the best feeling that we'll do any of those three, but there's a long season and the guys are only going to get better. Can I real quick devil's advocate? It's really not even That's that what bad. We do. That's what we do. All right. I have fears that like, it's a little different with running back, but you know how if you don't have one court, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, which is what we talked about all week, which we kind of saw, which was if you're running two different offenses in practice and two different types, of, not two different offenses, two different you know styles of the same yeah. offense with different quarterbacks. Like it, it definitely looked like a team who didn't have every single first team rep all summer going to one guy. Um, my devil's advocate, though, is like, you got to figure out who your lead running back is. You don't want to go into the Notre Dame game being like, all right, who's who's going to get hot today? Like, we're going to have to give every guy carry and see who ca- every guy carry, see who can do this, see who can do that. Like, you got to establish, all right, who is your who is your first or third down back? Who is your third down back? And who is your goal line back? I think it's obvious that mine Williams is the goal line running back. Like, when they're within the 20, He's going to get the ball probably every single time. It started as Travion Henderson is going to be our every down back guy. But then, like you said, Chip Tranium was the best running back out there. Like, I think the best runner. They need to figure it out by the Notre Dame game, which, you know, we probably all have confidence that they will. But then on the other side, the defense was unbelievable. Defense looks great. Tyvis Powell is probably grinning from ear to ear about the defense. Kills it on Big Ten tailgate, too. And think about the last three. We'll take JT Barrett out of it because JT Barrett was not a first-round NFL draft pick. So let's just look at the last three Ohio State quarterbacks. No matter who was in there, even if it was Shadur Sanders that was in there, well, maybe not him, but any no matter who was in there, it'd be like, all right, this is kind of a step down from our three straight Heisman finalists, three straight first-round draft picks, three straight, you know, potential rookie of the year guys like you know it's just like no matter who's in there it's going to be a step down it's like duke this year duke had a lot of young guys and it wasn't the duke that you're used to coach k wasn't there and then you got to the tournament and like yeah they came up short in the second round of the tournament but you were like all right phil powski and proctor this is a this is a a i had to make it about basketball this is a of course we watched that game together too that's why i'm bringing it up you know this is a potential championship caliber team. So, you know, totally. the the pieces will get figured out, but I think I'm not ready to say it's figured out, but I am confident in saying it will be figured out come the Notre Dame game. And if you're Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame's head coach, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? We had to play these guys week one last year when they had Stroud coming off of a record-breaking Big Ten year, and they had – you know, JSN and, and Marvin Harrison and, and Henderson ready to go. And they got this guy, Evan, or they got Mayan Williams now, too. You're looking at it this year and you're like, they didn't even know who their quarterback was. And we have to wait till week four to yeah. play them. So, like, if you're Notre Dame, you are pissed that you got week four this year and week one last year. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think that that is spot on. And, and Notre Dame is equally excited as they are upset because they know that this is probably the best chance that, you know, if you go back 10 years and forward 10 years, right? Like, will there ever be a better opportunity to beat Ohio State? Who knows? Um, especially at home. Um, but yes, they're also like, oh, what could have been if we play them this coming week? There's so many question marks. We're going to learn a lot more about Ohio State in the next two weeks, like you said. Um, just to touch on your running back thing, again, we don't know more than the average Joe about it. 
to me, it sure seems like Trayvon Henderson is the guy. That's who they want to be the guy, unless he's proven otherwise. And if they have to throw other guys in the mix, then they throw other guys in the mix, like Chip Teranium. It seems like it's those two guys, and mine William gets the ball, like you said, inside the 20, maybe it's inside the 10 or 5. Um, but I do think running back by committee is a little bit better than quarterback by committee. And uh, Definitely. Um, uh, I, I think that it – as weird as it sounds, Saturday very much proved to me that this is Kyle McCord's team. And I think that he did enough to earn that as well. Like, I don't, I really don't think he played as bad as people. His stats weren't great, right? Like, like no touchdowns and an interception. And, you know, we didn't blow out Indiana, right? Again, Indiana is not like playing, you know, Ball State in the first game, right? Indiana on the road is a Big Ten game. We're one zero in the Big Ten. Like that, that, like you know, we weren't like Michigan playing some team at home that we knew that we were going to steamroll, right? You, you know, we're not like Oregon or 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 you know who's the other, Oklahoma who played these FCS teams and won by eighty, literally eighty points. You know, so um, I, I think there are some positives to take away. I do think it's Kyle McCord's team. We'll see what happens. I. I I think he did enough with his throws in the second half and he gained confidence and Ryan day opened it up a little bit more. I just like give him the keys to the car and let him rock and let him prove you wrong. Like you chose this guy because, and you recruited this guy knowing he could make this throws in your offense. Like let him do it. Give him, give him the confidence to open it up. And and I think we'll see that if not in the first half of this next game, definitely in the second half. Last thing I'm out on Marvin Harrison. He's terrible. I don't I don't think I he's thought he be broke good... his shoulder and he was out for the season. So well, I thought that, too. But I do think like if there's any NFL scouts out there, the Browns don't have a first round pick. Like if he fell to the second to the Browns, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I hear you. Um, when he was in the air and landed on his shoulder and got that stinger. Uh, selfishly, my first thought is that is three straight Ohio State players that I voted for for Heisman that were then out for the season. <laughs> that was Wait, who is the thought. who is the third? JSN and Travion Henderson both oh, like, didn't oh. play last. Year. But that's the same season. That's not three straight seasons. Right, three straight guys. In two yeah, straight gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that was my first selfish, of course, thought. But glad he seems to be perfectly fine and. Uh, um, yeah, those season-long bets that we talked about, that's pretty funny. Tough way to start for the season-long bets. I said Henderson probably... under. I said Hen- I you said did... take every Henderson under. You did say take Henderson under. We did talk about how Marvin Harrison, in theory, it's not crazy that he could have 15 touchdowns. He's got zero through one week. And Emeka Abuka, if he, you know, I don't remember the exact number. It's, it's you know, it's right around 950 and some change right around there for season-long receiving yards that we said over. Um, he, he has very few after one game. So, um, we'll be last, tracking that every single week because we put our heart and soul into those bets. Last thing, um, this weekend is the perfect get right game opportunity. Youngstown stayed at home, you know, in years past, it was like, all right, you know, defense, offense, get out there, have a few good sets, you know, then we'll let the bet like this. This should just be like a 50, nothing Marvin Harrison and Buka each have two touchdowns. Kyle McCord, get right game. Please, it's gotta happen. Please. It's not even like get right. It's like, get, get. Like, show us that you're show, right. You yeah, know you're exactly. right. Show like, us you're something right. like yeah. hey, this is like an open gym. Like yeah, um, I'm hoping they put up a, a ton of points. I'm all I'm just looking at the offense. How do the offense does? Um, it's a beautiful weekend. First Ohio State home game in Columbus. That's basically a holiday coming off a holiday weekend already, and NFL is back. Um, 
obviously we talk, we're not going to talk NFL with you guys now, maybe touch a little bit on our fantasy teams because we had our drafts, but um, in the, in the outro here in a second, but we talked NFL with the best guy maybe ever to do it. Alec Lewis, Andrew's close friend covers the Minnesota Vikings. It was a hilarious, fun conversation. If you like listening to me and Andrew talk, talk and be goofy, it's the perfect interview for you. If you like hearing about teams that could win, the Super Bowl and guys that you should bet on for winning Rookie of the Year. It's a great well, interview for you as well. You also get a guaranteed Super Bowl pick because I make my third year in a row. And Super Alec Bowl started pick. by guaranteeing a Super Bowl pick as well. Yeah, yeah, they're two different That's teams. Though, so you're gonna have to All decide. Right. Let's get to that interview right now. All right, joining us now on Drive the Lane, maybe the most anticipated guest we've ever had. One of my great friends, the Athletics, Alec Lewis. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, anticipated. I know the, the masses have really been waiting for this. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good. Good to be here. I'm excited to talk about it a little NFL. I, it's, a, it's a big week, um, and I, I, I'm uh, ready for it. That's for sure. Yeah, Alec, every uh, – you know, we release episodes around Monday, typically, and every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all of our replies are, when is Alec coming on the show? Right. And and we figured, <laughs> let's keep them waiting. Let's keep them on their toes. Once NFL is here, he's the man to talk to. And uh, obviously, for those who don't know you, Alec, maybe elaborate within the NFL world where you fit in with the athletic. No, I just, yeah, I will for sure. But I just want to say first, it's smart of you guys <laughs> to keep the people waiting. I mean, it's how you build anticipation. It's how you build an audience. Uh, from what I've learned, that that is the way to roll. Um, but, yeah, no, I cover the Vikings for the Athletics. Started last year uh, around this time, really. Like, I, I moved to Minnesota about a week before the season. Um, and it was a blast. It was a crazy whirlwind of a 13-4 and four season. Um, watching this guy, number 18, catch a lot of passes was pretty entertaining. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting um, organization. Where they're at is very interesting. And so it's been fun. But it's been a cool um, – just to learn the machinations of the NFL has, has been pretty awesome, a cool experience. And I, I covered baseball before this for three years. It's totally different. And uh, the relevance is uh, quite different. So it's been uh, it's been fun. And I'm excited for year two. I feel like I know probably 10% more of how football works, which means absolutely nothing. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a blast. I'm glad to be here. Of course, we'll, we'll touch NFL. You talked about number 18. Ohio State's got number 18 of their own. Had, you know, two catches this week. But we'll, we'll get to that at a later <laughs> point. My question – my question to you is, you know, in college, you covered college football. Now you're covering NFL. Is it a different beast? Is it what you expected? Is it not as crazy as college? Would love to hear your thoughts on that. No, it's a great question. And I think I just go back is I, I didn't know anything about football when I covered college football. And like I say that um, – in a, like it was a fun thing, but I grew up in Alabama. I, I grew up loving Alabama football and Auburn football and, and like the culture that was in the SEC. But like I didn't know even at Mizzou, like how football works, the scheme behind it, the chess match that goes on behind the scenes. And I think college coaches and just the college media cycle in some way is so guarded that it's hard to really get at that. You're not in the locker room with the players. You, you rarely get one-on-ones with guys where they can be real. And in the NFL, although it is still guarded and it is a gigantic business, I think 
you can get a little bit more of the behind the scenes, behind the curtain, who the people are, how the game really works, and, and kind of the chess match. And so that's probably the biggest difference. I mean, college these college corporations um, are, are – these colleges are run so much like corporations where their PR staff, it keeps things so lock, lock and key. It's, it's just really hard to, um, I don't know, have a real genuine – probably learning experience of what football is and the NFL differs in that regard. So I'd say that's probably been the biggest adjustment in the fact that I feel like it's, it's, you can have better conversations and get at things a little more deeper. Alec, I love that you uh, preface every answer by saying like, I don't know anything about football, but I talk about football just like me. I do the exact same thing. I, Love football, grew up an Ohio State football fan, watch it every Saturday and Sunday, but I couldn't tell you uh, how to draw up a play or anything like that. I'll never pretend to, but all that being said, it is important that we touch on the NFL because (laughs) as we sit here a week from today, we will be talking about how we lost our fantasy leagues and lost money betting on on the NFL, but the games will have happened, which is great, and that's all that matters. You want to give us a little, like, pre-NFL season buzz, what teams are people talking about? Are the Vikings going to win the Super Bowl? Whatever, however you want to take it. Give us like a little quick, hey, here's what to look forward to in the NFL this year. Yeah, might as well just start my drive lane uh, appearance with the guarantee of the Vikings Super Bowl. I mean, why would I not? Uh, no. <laughs> On a serious note, the Lions play um, the Chiefs this Thursday night. And the Lions, I, I, I mean, I think, at least from my perception and it's in division, so maybe that plays a role. But I, I think the hype around the Lions is something that I'm fascinated in. Uh, both in, like, the reason that there is hype, I totally understand. They were incredible offense last year with an offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson, who is one of the top assistants in the entire NFL and, and probably could have gotten a head coaching job if not for the Lions paying him a lot of money to stay there. And then they have a lot of weapons in terms of – I mean, they drafted Jameer Gibbs, but I'm on route St. Brown. Um, I, I hope people, the masses, realize how good he was last year. And so I think that team and watching how that team operates beginning this week against the Chiefs is going to be really, really fascinating. I mean, I think other than that, it's hard not to just single out Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And obviously, the Hard Knocks uh, series has put them kind of in the limelight. Um, I know Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Wilson and the Jets, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's close to you guys' hearts. But from what I've seen in that show and just what I know about how good that guy is, like I think it's going to be a really fun thing to watch that team and how Aaron Rodgers acclimates. Uh, to that organization. So um, there there are so many storylines. The Vikings are not probably uh, on the top of the conversation line at the very moment. Uh, they're not on the ticker on ESPN for, for really much of anything other than potential extension for the guy I mentioned earlier. Um, but I think the, the season and the pageantry within the NFL is what makes it so great. It's like I had a conversation with a guy who – was a director of analytics um, at, at the highest level in the NFL for a long, long time, about two weeks ago. And he's like, you know, like when you do the math, there's like 22 teams every year that reside in this little middle. And there's like four on one side, four on the other, and then you have 22. And, and anything can happen for those 22 teams. And like the math bears that out. And so I think that's why it's so fun every weekend because as much as you might feel like you're going to bet on a team and they're going to win – as we all know, um, it, it's quite difficult for a reason. 
a team that is close to the Vikings, you you as a reporter see them twice a year, a little extra buzz, you know, in the drive the lane world because the quarterback, Justin Fields and the Bears. What are people saying and thinking about the Bears? Because I've seen both. This is a sneaky year for the Bears to, you know, get into the playoffs because the schedule. And I've seen this is a year where the Bears could look really good offensively, but then have two draft picks. So why would they want to be better than they need to be? So what are you hearing slash potentially seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I went on Jason Goff's podcast, who who, who, does, who has the podcast for The Ringer, and we were talking about the NFC North, and he's like, oh, yeah, I think the Bears have got it. And I was like, what? Like, you think the – I was like, whoa. Uh, because I would say people here are probably pretty skeptical, and I think for, for reasons that to me are understandable. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields, I go back to watching him against Alabama – in that game and just the, the toughness, uh, the kind of like will to win, like that will just be seared into my brain forever. Um, and and I, I watched him last year in Minneapolis break like a 65-yard run that I think I called back, but it gave me like Cam Newton-Auburn vibes, uh, and he was so special that year. So I, I'm part of me is fascinated, and I know they've acquired D.J. Moore and they have Chase Claypool, and they extended Cole Komet, and there's a lot of interesting pieces. And defensively, they, they've added guys. But I just think um, they, they – just like really every team in this division, they have to prove it. I mean, the defensively, they have to prove it. Schematically, offensively, I, I, I think there's a lot to prove whether they, they surround Justin Fields with the right system. Um, so I would say there's probably skepticism in some way for people here and probably just people I talk to, but it's like a hesitant skepticism where they're kind of like, Oh, you never know. Like Justin Fields could be him. We'll find out. And I think um, he's just an electric player to watch. So I, I, it's a storyline that, that in in a team that I think everybody who covers the NFL will be looking at. So obviously um, in a perfect world, as a bears fan, as an Ohio state fan, Justin Fields leads this team to a successful season, however you view that. That might be proving that he's the guy and they win a bunch of games and don't quite make the playoffs or they make the playoffs and lose the – whatever it is, a successful season in anybody's eyes, that would be great. Under-the-radar team, for sure. It's less under-the-radar for us because we talk about <laughs> them every single day, but under-the-radar nonetheless, what's another team maybe that isn't in the Midwest like every team we've talked about so far um, – you know, what AFC, NSV, doesn't matter. Maybe that's under the radar that teams should look out for. Yeah, I'm going to go um, way off the grid. You guys won't be familiar, but there's a team in <laughs> in Ohio and they have an orange helmet as their logo. Oh, I you're really teasing the, me. I, I, I believe they're called the Browns. And um, I'm pretty, I know you said get out of the Midwest, but I mean, my heart and my head right now is in the Midwest. So I'm sticking right there. But I think the Browns, Defensively, they've done a lot in terms of bringing in Jim Schwartz. Um, they brought in Zadarius Smith from Minnesota. Um, I think the talent on that side really gives them a chance. And then offensively, I think Kevin Stefanski, who used to be the offensive coordinator in Minnesota, you hear a lot of good things from people inside the building about just his ability to surround guys with the right system to be successful. And I think last year, not having time spent around Deshaun Watson – probably affected his ability to do that. So that team is really, I, I think, one to watch. I mean, obviously, we know Nick Chubb. We know some of these guys. But I, I, I really think the Browns, if they put it together, and it's time they do probably 
with Andrew Barry at the helm. Um, I, I think that's uh, – I mean, obviously I was going to answer with this because look who I'm talking to and staring right at. But legitimately, <laughs> legitimately, I, I, I am interested in the Browns this year. And, I, and, and if they don't have success, I think um, – I mean, I don't know. It's been – those guys have been there for a while. So this is kind of like uh, put up or shut up at this point. They'll probably Andrew just eat the, they'll probably just eat the Deshaun Watson contract and cut him if if they don't have success. That's probably what'll happen. I it's was, it's um I mean that contract is is such a uh, <laughs> I mean I I I I cover Kirk Cousins so I I know that when he signed in Minnesota he was the first quarterback I think to sign like a fully guaranteed deal I think it was three year eighty four million and to look at that Deshaun number it's just kind of mind blowing but um. Yeah, that it, I, Zolden, you can talk about that team probably for hours, so I'll just let you take it away. All I'm going to say is Andrew Barry at the helm, Andrew Zolden in the stands. So <laughs> yeah. that's that's good that to hear good. that you're that you're in on the Browns. I, I want to <laughs> I want to go to last year real quick because it was your first year covering the NFL, and I'm guessing your answer to this question: these guys are still going to be in the NFL. Was there anyone last year outside of Justin Jefferson? Because I know he did crazy stuff every game where you were watching and you were like, all right, this this guy is just insane. Like maybe a non a non Viking where you were just like, I didn't really realize it. I'm watching things that I didn't watch growing up as a fan. And this guy is just insane. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. Um he played in Minnesota twice, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. And he was doing some like jump cut stuff, spin. And I was just like sitting up there and you have the full field view. And he's just like darting in and out of holes that don't seem to be there. And I, I mean, it was just like, this is, this is, doesn't even make any sense. And I know Saquon Barkley was good. He was drafted highly. He's been paid uh, for a running back, which has happened more rare. It's, it's more rare than ever, but he was a guy, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of over the course of the year, like Josh Allen made some passes and, and, and in Buffalo that I was just like, I mean, come on, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, neither of those are really tied to like my probably progressed understanding of football, but just some of these guys move differently. And I would say, I would say Saquon was like right at the top for me last year. So let me ask you a similar, but different follow-up question. If obviously when you're on the road, you are working, it's not the same as if me and Andrew wanted to follow the Browns <laughs> around week to week, but you obviously have some do downtime. What? I don't do <laughs> yeah. that. I said, I said, if we did, I said, it'd be different than if we did. Um, yeah, you definitely don't do that. Um, if a fan looked at the Viking schedule, we'll just use them as an example. Cause obviously, you know, that inside and out, what is the number one road city that you have to go to, whether that is the stadium atmosphere is incredible or the tailgating sure looked like a good time or hmm. the food there, the Saturday night you got there was incredible. Whatever it is, where's somewhere that a, that a fan has to go to. Yeah, I would say I went to Philly last year, week two, and it was a Monday night game, and I'd never been to Philly. And I'm not saying the city is going to make you uh, feel like you're in Greece. It's not. But uh, the, the, the passion that that town has for that team 
is like something I, I mean, again, I grew up in, I mean, you guys know Ohio State, like some of these teams have these devout fandoms, but I get in the Uber right after landing and the guy's like, what do you think of Jalen Hurts? I'm like, dude, I just got off the plane. Holy cow. Like, I mean, this is before Jalen Hurts. Um, is he the guy? Is he the guy? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Philly in that experience, like I, the press box, like, is right the there are seats right in front of the press box and it's hard for people to understand what I'm probably saying here but like there's this glass screen like the fans can literally turn around and like flick you off in your face and they will do that in Philly because yeah. that's just what they do so that was a spot I mean I'm trying to think I I I I go to a couple this year that I'm pretty excited about I mean I think Denver a mile high whatever that team looks like I think that experience will be pretty cool uh, I'm going to Vegas, so just from a life perspective, that will be riveting. Um, but Green Bay and Lambeau is a special place. Like, it's that whole town revolves around that team. So there's a bunch of places. But I, I said this to, to a, a, somebody else the other day. I was like, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota, for people that, like, might not think very much. I mean, if you go – I mean, it's the nicest stadium, I think, oh. in the NFL – and it, yeah, it's it freezing, but there's fake snow on a night game. They turn the lights out. They enter. I mean, it is a special experience. And, uh, and yeah, maybe I'm like biased saying that, but it, it's a beautiful place to watch a game. I can back you up on that, Alec, just because I went to the final four there and it was, I was expecting it to, I mean, listen, it was my first final four. So I was excited, yeah. but I was like, how in the world could number one, how could Minneapolis be a great time? It was amazing. And then number two, how can a football stadium be a pleasant place to watch a basketball game? And it was, it was, I mean, it was brand new. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. I couldn't, yeah, I really couldn't believe it. Also, follow up note, are you a soccer Premier League fan? I hope so that this can be, point can be made. I am not the biggest soccer Premier League fan. Okay, no worries. I just, I've only been to one game um, in Europe and I went to the game and I sat in front of the press and okay we were there was a strict no standing rule and obviously we stood when our team scored and celebrated and i wanted to flip them off but i didn't so i i get it that that yeah you're like a a you're like a philly guy yeah yeah i mean those the philly people were i mean it was unbelievable It, it was it was it's almost like every fan for european soccer is like a philadelphia eagles football fan i think so i just sounds right i just like fell into character it was fun Anyway. Alec, I want to ask you some questions that we ask the athletes because I think your your answers will be funny. Not like how high could you jump or anything like that. But you'll you'll okay, get yeah. what you'll get where I'm going. So the game ends. Okay, you you finish your story. You're at the airport. What snack are you grabbing for the airplane or while you're getting some work done at the airport before you you head back to Minneapolis? Good question, Andrew. <laughs> Great question. Um, and also, by the way, great question is a great thing to say when you need time to think. Oh um, yeah. So I just want to, so it, it was a great question, but I'm also just telling you that's just, just use that in the future. Um, I am kind of a loser and a nerd and I will get like almonds or some, something like trail mix. Oh, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a kid. You know, this old, I'm not like the biggest candy guy. I'm not the biggest like sweets guy. Uh, again, I'm just bearing the boring hole that I, I'm digging that for myself. But I'm an almonds guy because it gives you focus. It gives you energy, protein, healthy. Um, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Andrew, you would get almonds too, wouldn't you? No, I'd get Dots pretzels. I'm addicted. 
consequences are and and what's amazing is there are very few things very few snacks where the true original is the best you know like for, for example oreos right like double stuffed oreos are arguably better than regular oreos right but the original dots pretzel red bag is the best by far and it's not even close those are fire the dots pretzels are are unbelievable i, I mean there's just, too expensive there's no other way for, too expensive for like a airport gas station snack you know, I'll, I'd rather have a bag of chips or six Reese's cups for the same price. But we anyway, um, Alec, <laughs> I'm going to go on my own little tangent um, just because and I hope Andrew doesn't get mad about this. But like I have Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team. And like, I got to ask you, like, how is he going to be the number one player in fantasy football? Um, how excited how how could you pass him up if you're listening to this and ha- and have the first pick in your fantasy draft tomorrow night? How how do you pass up Jay Jettas and that gritty? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pass him up. <laughs> um, and it's funny because last year he caught 128 passes for I believe 1,809 yards, um, and people are like, "There is no way he can do that again." And part of me is like, I mean, it would be crazy if he did that again. But <laughs> this guy is. Is I mean, he put in a lot of work this offseason to improve. Um, the offense has done a lot to kind of gear itself to be more equipped when defenses try to double him, triple him. Um, and so I and and just talking to people inside the building, like they really care about putting him in a situation where he can just do his thing and be the playmaker that he is. Um, and I know that sounds very simple, but there's a lot of complexities behind them trying to do that. And so, yeah, I would take him number one. I would feel really good if I had him on my team. I play fantasy. Um, I think I can say that. I don't really know. And uh, and I don't have my on my team, and it hurts. If you go up against him, it hurts. You have Jordan Addison, though. Believe, uh, yeah, yeah. Jordan Addison, who, yeah, he's, he's a rookie who they drafted, and he's looked very, very good. And the draft's over, so I can say, yeah, I'm expecting big things this year out of Jordan <laughs> Addison. Um, I I just looked real quick. My guess is that maybe Jefferson doesn't have as many catches or yards, but he can easily have, you know, more than the eight touchdowns he had last year. So from like a fantasy points standpoint, he's got like a, a little bit of a, of a ceiling that he hasn't reached yet from, from touchdowns with Thielen being gone. Do you think he has potential to to catch more balls and and get more touchdowns i know thielen wasn't too impactful last year do you think that's a big loss for the vikings and then on the other side do you think that could be someone to target in your fantasy leagues for what he could do with bryce young on the Panthers? yeah yeah i think um the Vikings in the middle of the season traded for TJ Hawkinson at tight end. And he essentially stepped in and was like the number two target, like the, the number two receiver. And I, I tried to explain this to people here, but it was, it, 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 I think people like had a hard time thinking that a tight end could be the number two target, but he was like, if you look from week nine, when the Vikings got TJ Hawkinson to the end of the season, only six players in the NFL had more targets than TJ Hawkinson. And I, that includes all the receivers. So they, they were targeting him a lot, and I expect them to be targeting him a lot uh, this season, as well as Jordan Addison and potentially K.J. Osborne. On the other side, 
I do think Adam Thielen's a guy to target. I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. He's done a lot this offseason, I know, from an athletic, trying to be as fast as he used to be, to separate as, as as easily as he used to. And I think Bryce Young really trusts him. He's a veteran guy in the room who will definitely help Bryce along. I'm sure they, those two guys will get along great because Thielen is a great dude who, like, knows how to be a leader and um, will take guys under his wing. So, yeah, he's a guy to target, partly, too, because – Carolina's skill players are, are are not – I mean, that is not the best skill group. You have Terrace Marshall, I believe, um, I, and I, I I mean, it's hard to even name guys after that, and I cover the NFL. So um, Bryce Young is probably going to be – it's a, just a tough situation for him um, with the amount of skill players they have. If they had a guy like DJ Moore, that would be great, but they don't seem to have a guy like that um, anymore. Uh all right, Alec, we've 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 danced around it. Let's get to some wherever you want to take it. I we'll call it awards for players, call it your Super Bowl champion, whatever you want to talk about, whatever. I don't know if you're allowed to or not. I don't tell you the fact that you had to disclose you played fantasy football makes me think that, you know, who knows if you can make any sort of predictions on a podcast with two two young strapping men. But um yeah, do you have do you have an MVP winner? Do you have a rookie of the year? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Give it, give us it all. Yeah, um, Kansas City has this quarterback, and he wears number fifteen, and he's pretty good um, at playing this game. Now, I will say um, that th- the Chiefs' skill group kind of scares me. I know we said this last year without Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes just did what he did, but um, besides Travis Kelsey, who was obviously a surefire Hall of Famer. That skill group just kind of scares me, so I'm not really sure. I think the Eagles are going to be very good again. The team that I'm I'm, I'm probably most intrigued with um, is the Baltimore Ravens. They brought in a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. I know Zoltan's face is scrunching. He's he's all worried now. Um, But this offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, who comes from Georgia, did a great job at Georgia. And I don't know – how quickly Lamar and that's that those players will acclimate to his scheme. But I think if they do, and if things improve, um, I think the Ravens are going to be really tough because I think defensively their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's really, really good. So that's a team that I, I'm pretty interested in. Um, I think the Falcons are going to be better than people think. I think Arthur Smith's ability to use his weapons um, is kind of special. It's kind of like Kyle Shanahan where they have all these guys who are kind of – they can play running back, they can play receiver, they can play tight end. You can mix and match them, um, and I think they can get pretty creative offensively. So those are uh, those are some teams that just kind of are, are coming to my mind um, right now. But I think the Steelers could be a little better than people think maybe. There's a lot of Kenny Pickett hype right now, but I kind of – I kind of think he could be pretty good, and they're always really tough. So, um, yeah, I, 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 the rookie of the year, I mean, I, 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 I Addison, just mentioned – I'm giving you a lob. Giving you a lob. Addison would be a – it would be a good pick. I mean, I think Zay Flowers in Baltimore is an interesting one for me. Um, Stroud. I, I think Stroud could be, but that team's kind of – I don't know, really. Um, uh, and and Bryce Young again. I just I just don't know with that line and those weapons what's what's possible there. So I think maybe a skill guy makes sense. But um, yeah, that's those those are where my mind goes. I'm sure I'm forgetting something obvious. But uh, yeah. So we have one more little thing that we like to do on on every episode. 
Um, and I'll let Joey lead into that. But I do I have, have one more question, Andrew. Well, I have one more thing too. So I'll do my one more thing. Then you do one more thing. Then we'll do just our last it. one Let's more go. thing. Let's yeah, yeah. So I just want on the record, and I would rather it be on the record with you so you can vouch for me when I you know, boast this in a few months. <laughs> Two years ago, I said the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl on a podcast. Last year, I said on a podcast, the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl. And this is the big reveal of my my third year in a row predicting the Super Bowl champion. Oh, wow. The, the Buffalo Bills will be winning the Super Bowl this season. And it's because people are less high on them than they were the last few years. Despite them having the third best odds to win the Super Bowl, I am taking <laughs> the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen to win the Super Bowl. I Does think any- that's uh, yeah. No, I think I think that's a fair pick. I mean, uh, the quarterback they have is pretty good up there, and uh, and and I, their defense is kind of interesting. Leslie Frazier was the DC, is no longer there. So Sean McDonough, or excuse me, um, Sean McDermott. Love uh, Sean McDonough. Co- yeah, yeah. Sean McDermott, <laughs> their head coach uh, is a defensive <laughs> guy, so that that'll be. Uh, That'll be interesting. I think that's a. I think that's a fair pick. I mean, th- that's another team too, where it's like, okay, they they traded for Von Miller, like they they've gone in. I mean, for this team, and it's kind of it's kind of time. So the AFC is just a gauntlet. I mean, that's the problem. But we'll see. Uh, Alec, my last question is, and because you're wearing Masters polo during this interview, um, European captain Luke Donald just announced his six captains picks like 30 minutes ago. Can I get your initial thoughts on? Nikola Hogard making the team and Ludwig Aberg, two 22-year-olds? Um, yeah, as a uh, Nikola Hogard <laughs> super fan, um, I, I really like his ability to chip and putt. And I think, it, you know, in, when you're a captain for that, that I mean, it, it's all about short game and it's all about maximizing your strokes kind of close to the green. So that that's Nikola's specialty. And <laughs> to see that and to see the captain trust a guy like that, um, you really just got to tip your cap. Thank you. Joey, Andrew. can I can I do it? Yeah, go ahead. It's your guy. Might as well. All right, Alec. We're gonna put you it just in don't a tough, stink it. Just don't stink at it. We're gonna put you in a tough position here. You probably have a little bit of experience doing what we're about to ask you to do, but we're gonna flip the tables on you. You are now the interviewer. Do you have any questions for us? Actually, I'm gonna rephrase that. You have to have questions for us. No, I definitely have questions. This is my comfort zone. I don't like answering questions. I actually like asking the questions. First of all, um, who is Ohio State's quarterback, and why is he good enough to help them win the Big Ten? Um, well, we don't know. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's Kyle McCord's team, clearly, as you all just listened to in the opening of, of this episode. Um, it's it's Kyle McCord's team. Uh, look at Every single one of our Heisman Trophy finalists now first-round NFL draft pick quarterbacks under day. Look at their first game, especially on the road in the Big Ten, like like Kyle McCord's first game was. Well, I guess it's technically not his not his first game, but um, and he had a better game than all those guys. Indiana is like a C minus team, whereas all the other guys played like F teams in the first game. So like, I, I he showed in the second half that he was gaining confidence some better throws. He's got the best weapons maybe in the entire country. Like the running backs are incredible. And we don't even talk about them, let alone having literally the two best receivers in football. Um, He's just got to, he's just got to sling it. And also I think it's a two way street. Like Ryan day has to give some more faith 
in him because like the play calling was super conservative. So I don't know. I I left in the middle of the game to go to the gym because it was a little frustrating and a little abnormal as an Ohio State fan to watch a game like that. Pump um, some iron, blow off some steam. Smart. Yeah, I mean, all I did was walk on the treadmill for like thirty minutes at a twelve incline, like a TikTok girl does. But um, uh, it burns off fat. You know, we could talk about that offline, Andrew. But um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I'm a believer just because you got no choice but to believe in him. I was like a big like. Before the season started, I was like, Devin Brown's the guy. And I still think he's probably the guy. And he might be next year, not this year. But, like, if, if it's Kyle McCord's team, like, let's get behind the guy. And clearly, he's good enough. He would not be at Ohio State if he wasn't good enough. So, that's a lot. I, I think it tells you something that in the Big Ten alone, there was, like, seven. We're not naming a starter until the actual game starts. And in the NFL, there's, like, zero QB competitions this year. Like, it's just... You, it's so much easier and better when you just can have your quarterback. And Ohio State got really lucky that they're playing Notre Dame week four this year and not week one because last year they played Notre Dame week one. So maybe you operate a little differently in the offseason if you have Notre Dame week one versus week four. You know, you got some time. But Joey's probably a little more pro how that first game went than me i'm a little nervous just not being oh, able i'm to... really nervous the oh, whole time, okay good uh, good the whole the whole time i'm sitting there first of all I t- my mom whole oh, andrew knows like she is she, she's a lot in, in terms of ohio state fandom and when i sent her text like wow ohio state is gonna suck this year she i may have fired off some this is a nine and three team like all this stuff to some of my buddies and stuff yeah so i'm, I'm a little nervous too i at the end of the day, I go into every game knowing that Ohio State has as good of a chance as any team in the country to win. But it's it's a little trickier when we had guys like Justin Fields, or it's less tricky when you have Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud and these known commodities. It's a little bit of an unknown deal right now until proven otherwise. But listen, like we play some like I, I, bad teams the next two weeks. And if Kyle McCord isn't torching those teams, then I'll be nervous. But if he is, then – we're back to square one. I feel like Notre Dame is just like uh, just a uh, very much a milestone game. And we'll see how that goes. If you're I've got I've got two quick questions more. Let's and, go. And, and Let's baseball go. guy. Okay. Baseball okay. guy. He's got two. One was quick for Joey. Joey, favorite pair of Jordans. Go. Um, I go back and forth a lot. I'm going to I'm going to say the I'll give you my favorite that I have and favorite that I don't have. My favorite okay. favorite that I have is. Shadow one, black and gray, Air Jordan one. Favorite pair that I don't have is the black and red version of the same shoe, bread one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Zoldan, not as quick of a question. <laughs> if I'd have told you that you and Joey would still be doing this as long as you guys have um and 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 having as much fun as you guys still do, what would you have said at the very beginning? So first off, that implies be millionaires. That, we're, that we're still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look at you guys. You, Joey can't stop laughing. Come it's on, it's true. I really we do. We do have a lot of fun. It's very, it's very, very goofy and very, very silly. One that the show even started to begin with, and two that, that what is it? Season five? Is this season five of Drive the Lane? I think it is. I, I mean, I, I haven't played basketball in four years, so I think it's season five. <laughs> so we, we. If you would have told me that we were still doing that, I would say that we were like part of the ringer by now. So maybe we've <laughs> we've, you know, not met expectations as much as we would have liked to. But I, I'm not surprised that we're we're still doing it because there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of white whales out there that we still haven't caught as guests. You know, we finally got you on the yeah, show. We you off the <laughs> I know, I know. You were on a show. Yeah, now you list. can quit. You can quit. Right. It's over. Right. But I think what keeps pushing me personally is that there's still D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, LeBron, Ezekiel Elliott, Barack you know, Obama, legendary Buckeyes out there that we haven't gotten yet. That's what I don't know what keeps pushing Joey, but that's what keeps pushing me. I'll run down to uh, Target Arena and see if I can get Mike. Just bring him on back here. Uh, just That'd be great. Conley come right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that right after we get off. I don't want to tell this story on the air because it's like kind of embarrassing, but not really. I'll just whatever. I went up to Mike. Mike has met a million Ohio State basketball players in his lifetime, right? And and unfortunately, a lot of them are there for three months and then transfer. That's kind of how it worked in a lot of my time at Ohio State. Um, he knows who I am. He probably doesn't know whether I was a manager or a player at the time, uh, but he comes back all the time, says what's up, nicest guy ever, asks me how my family is, but probably doesn't know my name. Fast forward, I go up to him at the TBT and say, hey, Mike, how's it going? He goes, good, man. What's up with you? I was like, we'd love to have you on our show. He was like, oh, I didn't know you had a blah, blah, whatever. He goes, put your here, put your number and your name, because he didn't know my name, in, 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 in my phone. And my guy will text you and we'll get something set up. I, I never got a text from him, obviously. D'Angelo Russell said, I'll only come on if Jeff Bowles is on with me, which is a hilarious thing that we do have to make happen. But Jeff Bowles is a very busy guy, just like D'Angelo Russell. It might be tricky to have him on the show together. Um, That's the also- Ohio Bobcats head coach for right. context. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, Jeff Bowles was not. Oh, yeah, you I'm are. Not, yeah. I'm not a Jeff Bowles expert. Yep, sorry, but, sorry, that's on me. That's on <laughs> me. Um, so yeah, we. Uh, I agree with Andrew. For me, it's a little bit simpler because, truthfully, and it's no surprise to anybody, like Andrew does ten times more than I do in terms of the editing and and recording and all the hard stuff. I just show up and just impart my vast knowledge of sports on on the world. So I would do it forever and do it for fun. Um, it's a blast. And, but at the same time, like, yeah, like we need to get, we need to get some more of these guys that we've been talking about for years on like Cardale Jones, who Andrew has the best story ever about him. So, um, I've texted him 10 times to come on <laughs> and in between those 10, and that's not as old an exaggeration. That's I've texted him 10 times. I think it's an under exaggeration. And in between all 10 of those texts have been in person Hey man, I'll come on the show for sure. Just text oh, yeah. me. And I'm There's like, nothing- I have, I have texted you. There's <laughs> nothing better than finding a new connection to Cardale Jones who then goes, yeah, here, here's his number. Send him a text. He's expecting it. And you text him and he doesn't respond. And that's not a knock on Cardale. I'm sure he's a busy guy and he may not have given the green light and it is what it is, but it is, it is funny. That's like not even Cardale's not even the white whale. We don't we're over Cardale. No, D'Lo's the white whale for me. Because we're not going to get LeBron. My dad, my, like my dad, my dad. One day, like we did, like a power rankings of guests we'd like on, uh, and it was like four. It was we had to do like four sports guys, and then one like, you know, miscellaneous. And my miscellaneous yeah. was was Barack Obama, being that we're both Chicago guys, and he loves basketball and blah blah blah, whatever. And my dad texted me after. I was like. You could definitely get Obama on. I was like, what are you talking about? We could get Obama on the show. Are you serious? We can't even that would get, be we can't even get D'Angelo Russell on. Oh, we're gonna that get, would be impressive. Yeah. Alec, have you crossed Bulls. off? Yeah, we we get Jeff Bulls on. 
<laughs> now, now on Drive the Lane, a very special guest, the President of the United States. Like, come on. Yeah. Let's do it. Alec, final question, then we'll let you go. And I know we already said final question like 20 minutes ago, but final question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have yeah, you checked off? Strategy. Yeah. Have you checked off any of the white whales off of your list in the last, you know, three years, two years since you started doing football? Because I know you've talked to some random guys for random stories here and there. Yeah. You, uh, you know that you're going to get this type of answer from me and you're just going to roll your eyes, but you know I'm going to do it. I my white whales are big stories that 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 I'm proud of. It's not so much the conversations or like talking to certain people. It is like cannot like I I I mean I'll say this. Like I've worked on a really big Kirk Cousins thing all off season and like that's the the pride is like can you get deep with a guy who who is like that left like it's it's not so much I just want to talk to him it's so much for me like can I can I get at their life? Can I get at what they've been through? Will they open up? Can I create trust? Can I, like, that's the, um, I mean, you haven't rolled your eyes yet, but I know I'm getting there, but that's, that's why, that's why I do it. That is, that is, um, that's the fun part for me. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, there are people like if I could ever sit down with Nick Saban and like legitimately have a great conversation with them about football, about life, about coaching, teaching, like that would be uh, incredible. Um, but um, I don't know. I think sometimes, like, the people who aren't the biggest names are more willing to, to open up, and, and that's – it's almost sometimes even more fun for me. So, yeah, there, there's my sappy journalism answer that you knew you were going to get at some point. What would be your first question to Coach Saban? If you're – like, pretend Coach Saban is Andrew and you guys just got in the Zoom. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Thanks for doing this. All right, ready to roll? All right, we're ready. All right, what's the first question? Well, the story would dictate it, but go ahead. The story would dictate it, but an easy way to start if he was being open would be with the ad with, with, with how, how different offense is today than when you first were a a coordinator with Bill Belichick in the nineties, how, how much has defenses evolved and how have you had to evolve, evolve your scheme and your teaching of that scheme over the last 30 years. And I think that would hit him and he'd be like, if he was open and really explain things and teach things in a way that'd be fascinating. I mean, that's why I started the conversation. Like I don't know much about football, but I, I mean, I sat in, in Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell's office last week for about 45 minutes. And he was saying some stuff that you're, it was just, and then he has a huge <laughs> and you're just nodding. In there. You're like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he has a huge whiteboard in there. And it's just like lines, routes, shapes, words, Stuff like and, and and it's all in his mind, and he can teach it and explain it. And there's so much like, I think sometimes we'll we'll be watching a game, we'll be like, "Run the football! What are you doing?" Well, what we don't know sometimes is that the coach is calling runs, but that the quarterback sees a bad look and checks out of it. So the coach could call eight runs in a row, but the quarterback could check out of it because of bad looks. And you're like, "Why aren't they running the football?" when they really want to be running the football. And that's like the stuff that you rarely ever hear about. You rarely ever get, but the part of football that I think is so fascinating behind the scenes. Joey trivia question to wrap it up. Who did when Saban and was Belichick's coordinator, what team was it for? Browns, obviously. Oh yeah. The best coaching tandem ever. How did they let those two get away? Oh man. They knew that, uh, Hugh Jackson was was a few years away, and you couldn't you couldn't have Bill Belichick much longer. You'd never get Hugh Jackson. Every time I every time I hear Hugh Jackson, I'm like, 
that guy really stars in Hollywood movies and coaches the Browns every time. And I'm like, that's Hugh Jackman, you silly goose. <laughs> All right, we're done. Alec, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. Who would be a better uh, coach, though? That's the real question. Probably Hugh Jackman. He's got more chutzpah. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. Um, it's, it's it's great to see you guys both. Um always fun i mean i guess it's, it's it was fun this is a, i mean you finally got me after all all this uh, uh we'll get you again we'll get, yeah, you, we'll again. get you again yeah you could get me again maybe um it's probably gonna be a bit busy stretch um but uh yeah no i i appreciate you guys having me it was fun um and uh we'll do it again thanks thanks Alex. man appreciate it hope you enjoyed that interview and this episode of drive the lane before we get out of here one quick thing zed key is healthy and skinny we'll have more on that in the coming weeks but fantasy football joey i know there's a guy on your team that i have on one of my teams his name's garrett wilson we're fired up about him give me one more name that is on your teams because all your drafts are done that you love and we might have done this last week but we're doing it again um uh besides justin jefferson uh i don't know i think like as you're listening to this you might be getting ready for thursday night football or in a couple days and one guy that plays thursday night football his name is amon ross st brown i think that dude is a mother truck and stud and andrew or uh alec kind of talked about it on the show um go out and get like guys like james cook too i think he's gonna be unbelievable i don't even know if i have him on my team I think he's a stud. Dalton Kincaid. Get the Bills, guys, because they uh, clearly you just listen to it. They're winning the Super Bowl. So um, probably should go after those guys uh, on offense, not named Stephon Diggs or Josh Allen, because they're going to score points. Like other guys are going to get catch some balls and run some balls in the end zone as well. I love it. I just saw an update that Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook will both play this Monday against wow. the Bills. So. I, th- I think that's something that you got to watch out for in fantasy is, you know, the classic Ohio State style running back by 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 committee. So uh, it, good luck to all of you out there in your fantasy football seasons. Good luck to all of you out there in your in your gambling endeavors. Let us know how you're doing in gambling. Let us know how your fantasy teams are doing. You probably won't do that. No one's even listening oh, right now. Besides oh, also, Josh Schaffner. also, because I know no one's listening, if you have your fantasy football draft, you have your roster, and you want to tweet a picture at Andrew, he's going to give you a grade A to F on every team. So feel free to do that as well. No, no, C to F. You can't get A and B. Or or I just like you just ranking it out of 10 in de- with decimals. Done. Like very specific. De- I might even tweet that out right now. Done. All right. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat the Penguins. Can we add beat the beat Packers the, and beat the Bengals? Can we start doing the, that? Beat the Penguins. Uh, we can, Sure, sure. Why not? Well, let me look up what fantasy teams I'm playing as well. No, huh? no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, go Buckeyes. Beat the Penguins. Beat the shit out of those fucking Packers. And who are the Browns playing? The, beat Bengals. the Bengals. Beat, beat the Bengals. Bengals. But Joe Burrow, we like Joe Burrow. We do like Joe Burrow. Don't hurt not Joe this Burrow. Week, beat though. the Bengals. Come on.